So, I have had a strange week or so, which we can talk about uh-huh. off air. But to kind of recover from that, um, yesterday on my day off, I decided to try again Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. And I want to talk about it because this is a show that everybody has told me I would love. Right. Um, which there is a small part of my personality, right, that rebels against that. That's like... Not a small part of your right? personality. <laughs> that's like, please, no, you don't know. <laughs> um, but I watched the first season, watched mm-hmm. the whole thing, and thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, felt like <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino of Gilmore Girls, of Gilmore fame, Girls. which I adore. Mm-hmm. But it's like she was given too much time. Mm. And so like the episodes to me felt like... Like, I know her thing is long scripts, people mm-hmm. talking a mile a minute. I love that. Right. But it felt like, whew, a little too much for me. Not enough oversight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like, oh, she's gotten so much freedom, and editors are a good thing. Right. Which is how I feel about life in general, guys. Editors, <laughs> editors are editors amazing. Editors are a good thing. Um, but anyway, I decided to watch season two because... Zachary Levi um. is a guest star. And sometimes he falls into the too handsome category for me. Which is bizarre because he is solidly blandly He's blandly handsome, except it's like the Jim Halpert thing where you start to work out and you start to become like he a got superhero. Super buff. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you're you were cuter to me when you were not. Right. Um, when he was Chuck. Yeah, when he was Chuck. Um, but I do really like him. Like I have a yeah. soft spot. I like Shazam. Like I've I have a I haven't seen Shazam. Oh, I think you would like it. I'm sure I would. Um I really do like him too. Yeah. So anyway, I heard he was gonna be like a new love interest. Mm-hmm. So here I am, you know, trying and like liking it fine, but consistently Googling like what episode mm-hmm. is he going to show up in because I, I don't know how much more of this I can do. And right. I want to be clear, like I like it. Yeah. But it also is almost just too much. Like, um, it feels like it's something you have to do. Yeah. And like the vol, like, um, if Gilmore Girls, the volume was perfect mm-hmm. for me, it mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. It's like it's amped up too high right. on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Anyway, that said, I'm now halfway through, and Zachary Levi's character has been introduced. And I think a season and a half in, I can say I like the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Good. And I'm wondering why. Like, do we, meaning, yeah. do we give things too much time? Like, you know how um, pre-bookshelf, I would not give up on a book. Mm-hmm. Now I have to give up on a book occasionally. Right. Um, I have to say I'm not going to read this anymore. Um, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm, I see where you're getting at. Like, then I think to myself, wow, I've watched X amount of hours of this show that I didn't love. Mm-hmm. Now I think I like it. Like, I've had some genuinely laugh out loud but moments. Then, what if we had all given up on The Office after season one? Or, so God forbid, true. Parks and Rec after season one? Right. Sometimes I think TV shows especially need a season to find their feet. Yes. Um, because TV shows are an ensemble thing. Oh, that's right. Whereas a book is something usually created by one person yeah. and an editor yeah. or a series of editors, which is great. TV shows have to do with the writers and the producers and the directors and the network and the yes. actors and the costuming and like so many things working together. Right. And editors. That's and fair. Like it, it's so much. Um, and I think often there are, there are too many cooks. Yeah. In a first season of TV. Yeah. And then they find what works usually in season two. Yeah. And it gets better. And I do. I really am liking it. And and I like the costuming has always been fantastic. And visually, right. it's like right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Um, but it's like, it was just, as I said, the volume was up too high. Like yeah. it was so much fast talking and so much Alex Borstein, who I like, yeah. but like mm-hmm. too much, you yeah. know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, now I feel like other characters have been introduced and we're getting more of the family dynamic, which is always what I'm here for. Yeah. So anyway, that to say, I think I'm on board like... 12 episodes later. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's um, you're right. But it does feel like one of those things that's like, why am I, why am I expending the effort? Yeah, or I think the time. Yeah. Like I, last Monday is when I started season two again. And then at the end of my afternoon, and I don't feel guilty about this. Like it's yeah. my one day off, like it's fine. Yeah. But I was like, wow, I've watched, you know, I think it was three hours of this show that's a lot of time. Lot That's of like hours. more than a movie. Um, and it just felt like, and I still only kind of like it. Yeah. Yesterday I felt much better. I was like, okay, I like this show, whatever. But it just made me think, like, why am I so willing to give up on a right. book? But you, that's a see. That's why. That's what I wanted to. This know. is why we bounce ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Episode 241 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I honestly almost just introduced the show as the Great British Baking Show. (laughs) And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. I think it's clear to see where my head's at. Um, I would like to be home watching The Great British Bake Off as well. It's pretty great. That's not what um, this week looks like for me, no. unfortunately. Um, it is the thing that is tying me to sanity and yes. to reality. I am re-watching the entire Netflix um, what's the collection okay. um, for the third time. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever watched a competition show more than once, ever. Um, but no, here, I haven't either. But here we are. But I get that, though. Yeah. I, I understand that. It's... It's life affirming. It's comforting. And just nice. They're all and just comforting. so nice to each other. And then just the soundtrack. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I love that it doesn't change ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I love it. just those two tracks. Please over don't. And over. Please don't change. Never change. Um, so it's it's weird to say. I don't want to complain. No. I tried really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost fall. It's, Fall officially starts this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to decorate next Monday, my house. We decorated last weekend. Um, but I, guys, Jordan and I tried to take a walk. This was two Sundays ago, mm-hmm. to be fair, but solidly in September. We took a walk on a Sunday afternoon. We went two blocks. We both felt weird. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, check your phone and see how hot it is. And it was 104, but felt like, according to the weather app, like 113. Uh-huh. And we were like, turn around. We're going to pass out. Like... <laughs> When I got in my car to leave two weeks ago after recording, uh-huh. it was 109. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, it is hot. Yeah. It's so hot. And I've tried really hard. I, I felt like I handled August pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, like, because this is true every year. Like, everybody else is like, Labor Day is fall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but not really but here. Not really. And so Halloween I told myself, fall. October 1st. But even that, I think, was too hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's just weird. I mean, I I did buy like a pumpkin candle, mm-hmm. and I'm trying. Yeah. But it's so hot. It is. Um, um. I I was super pleased that I went to Target this weekend. So I think of the 14th. Okay. And their Halloween stuff was not out yet. 
Oh, okay. And I think that September 15th is a great compromise for like retail seasons. Yes. Six weeks before. Yes. Great. Yes. Not too early at all. Yeah. We put out our little Halloween tree bags here last, I want to say last week. Yeah. Because working retail makes you realize, oh, I actually just need this stuff to sell. Right. And I need it out. <laughs> right. So that people so that will buy it. People will buy it. Right. Um, but I get it. I, I, um, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time getting in the fall spirit. Perhaps it yeah. will change on Monday. Um, but next week we are going to do, and again, we uh-huh. timed it, I think better this year. Um, cause we're doing it a little later. We're doing our fall literary lunch. Mm-hmm. So if you're local to Thomasville, I actually think we're right on the verge of being sold out. So by the time you hear this, we might be sold out for our in-person lunch, which is Tuesday, the 24th, mm-hmm. um, where we cater in lunch and, um, I give a book talk essentially about like my favorite upcoming titles. Then I'm going to turn around and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We used to like live stream that, mm-hmm. which was fun, but gave us all anxiety Yeah, <laughs> because, because, you know, can what you hear me? Wrong? Does this work? I'm so sweaty. Right. Uh, so now we do basically me FaceTiming strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them are strangers now, but I basically am going to do like a YouTube video thing, um, where it's just going to be me talking and it's going to be Wednesday the 25th, also at noon. The goal being that you can either listen later or mm-hmm. watch later. Um, I'm, a, I'm a hand talker, so it's something visual for you to see. Or, better yet, join me so yeah. I'm not all alone. Live stream. Talking to a computer. Uh, so if you are interested in that, I think we priced that at $10. And you can just go online and you get like a PDF of a book list. Um, and I actually am really pleased with the list I came up with for fall. Um, and then I'll talk about the books so if that's something you're interested in i'll have a link to that in the show notes which you can access in your podcast app or through going to our website from the frontporchpodcast.com i think you can also probably find it on the bookshelf's website bookshelfthomasville.com that's right so to pre-game yeah preview that preview because we're not going to do the whole list obviously that would defeat the purpose right and so we're doing our, our fall seasonal reads that is some fall books but then a preview of some of what annie is going to be talking about next week I did want to just throw out this idea because I do love this concept. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to Lucy before we started recording about, you know, what titles I should include and what like books remind us of fall. Mm -hmm. And she said that um, one of her friends every fall rereads Pride and Prejudice. Mm. And I so wish I could get on that train. Meaning not the Pride and Prejudice train. I'm already on that train. But like... I wish that I had a book I read every season or like every fall. Like right. I used to around Christmas every year read um, an old fashioned girl, right. Louise May Alcott. But right. I probably haven't done that since the bookshelf. So we're talking probably six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do love the idea of having this book that like you almost religiously return yeah. to, like this Ritually. ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I like rituals in my own life. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. It's hard for me to do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I I can't. Uh, Hunter and I are trying, heaven help me, we're trying to read East of Eden mm-hmm. um, for, for um, not love it or loathe it, Backlist Book Club. It's a big boy. It's a, it's big. So we'll see. It's beautiful though. I Well, I've heard that and I've heard I will love it. You like, will. People were like, you, Annie. You specifically, specifically will love, will love it. it. Yeah. So I just need to, I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it is hard for me in my current reading life to like, um, for example, read a chapter of something and then put it down and be reading something else. Mm-hmm. I think pre bookshelf, I did that no problem right. and actually really liked reading right. that way. 
Um, but I was curious, do you have anything like that that you kind of return to every... Like, fall reminds right. me of, like, cozy comfort reads. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, and I have... Uh, listeners from last year might remember me going on and on about spooky season. Oh, yeah. That, like, my internal clock is off because in August last year and this year, I was like, well, it's Halloween now. It's time to, like, get scared all <laughs> the time. You were Target. Yeah, I was Target <laughs> is what happened. Um... And so, like, when Kelsey was out of town a few weeks ago, I had my scary movie binge, and uh-huh. I watched um, Alien Covenant, and I watched It It Chapter One, Yeah. Um, and it was great, and I got that out of my system for a weekend, but now yeah. I'm also like, what is my list of things that I want to watch? And here it is on my desktop. Yeah. I want to watch these things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Kelsey doesn't really like scary movies, and yeah, so, so you've gotta kind I of have make to, room for them. I have to figure it out. So, I... When I made this list, I included a couple of titles that I'm going to be mentioning next week. Um, But I also just thought, what do I like to read in the fall? Right. So the first one I decided to mention was The Body Lies. Yes. Which I think you would like. Mm -hmm. I think we did talk about about it. It might have some triggers for you. Um, But it takes place on a campus, Mm -hmm. um, which to me very much feels like fall. I want campus novels in the fall. Um, But it takes place on a campus. The... Uh, protagonist is this professor or kind of visiting maybe adjunct type professor at a British university Um, she basically has a workshop class she has to teach where it's a small group of writers Mm -hmm. and they're all workshopping each other's um, work and one of the students is writing and you soon through a slow I mean it's very slow and atmospheric um, not in a bad way, but in what I would call a British way. <laughs> um, very slow and atmospheric. And ultimately you realize, oh, that student is writing about the teacher. Mm-hmm. And the teacher realizes this and has to figure out, uh-oh, what have I done? Like, what can I do to fix this? Um, and it does obviously take some dark turns. The, yeah. book, the book is called The Body Lies. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, I might have some like PTSD here. Yeah. So, so it might not be for you. But <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, the author of this book wrote Longborn. Like, I think oh, the author okay. is Joe Baker. I think that's correct. And so this is, to me, is very different for her, mm-hmm. but still has that atmosphere. Um, I liked Longborn. Didn't love it, but liked it. Um, I loved The Body Lies. Um and feel there is something about, we've talked about this many times, British lit that to me feels slower, quieter, and that's what I want in the fall. Mm-hmm. I don't really want, um, you know what, I don't want, I don't want Riley Sager. I want right. that in the summer at the beach or during spooky season, right. as you say. Like Halloween. Right, right, right. But during like generic fall, I want quiet and, yeah. Um, kind of slow burn type yeah, lit. absolutely. Like The Dinner by Herman Cote. How do you pronounce his last name? Um, uh, I really liked that. I think that would fit in fall lit. So The Body Lies is my first That's great. Rec. Um, my next one is one I feel like by now I can say it was my September shelf subscription mm-hmm. book. The Other's Gold. Um, this is a debut novel by Elizabeth Ames. Um, this also falls into that maybe like... Um, if Leanne Moriarty wrote slower literature, mm-hmm. that's to me what this is. Think kind of like the ensemble where you've got these four friends who meet in college. So it starts again on campus. Mm-hmm. And then the book follows them into early adulthood. And how does how do their friendships morph and change? What's most interesting, though, is not only do you have the friendship dynamic, but throughout the novel, 
the divisions of the novel are, are divided based on the mistakes made by each character. So each character in the book has made a terrible mistake. And the book more or less is about friendship, but also atoning for those mistakes. And so I really liked, I mean, obviously that sounds yeah. like something I would of really course. enjoy. Um, but I also would like, like, I feel like somebody, another reader I trust did not love this one as much. And I think it's because you think maybe it's going to be this intimate friendship novel. And it is, but it's also just about these very four different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. Um, but again, some of the comps I've, so some of the comps I've thought of again were the ensemble or, um, I, I think it's called summer girls by Judy Bloom, mm. uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Mm-hmm. But like this goes a lot darker than those sure. books. And again, a lot quieter. There aren't these big bombastic climactic moments. It's more leveled than that. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed it. And to me, I read it in the summer because of when I had access to it. But it very it feels very September, October Interesting. to me. Yeah, really liked it. That sounds really good. It was good. It was good. Um, when you first talked about The Dearly Beloved yes. on the show a couple weeks ago, I asked, wedding or funeral? And you said, neither. Yes. Um, which I think is really funny. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm recommending this one again because it is going to be in my top 10 of the year. Um, I love how this novel dealt with um, faith and doubt and marital relationships and church and <laughs> it was all your buttons uh, yeah all the buttons got pressed um but it also to me deserves to be read i hope people understand what i mean you and i know this in terms of like bump down the air because that's the right. equivalent like it deserves to be read under a blanket with a candle lit mm-hmm. um and in my case with the air bump down and the shutters closed right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I can achieve cold in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, at timeout, I'm doing a literal timeout. Yeah. Um, I did a like Instagram post about making a fluffy bed. Yes. Oh, the king duvet yeah. and the queen duvet cover. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. You're welcome. Um, but somebody commented. I don't know if they're a podcast listener. I don't know who this person is. But they commented and they said, "I'm from Georgia. How are you sleeping under a duvet right now?" And I responded and I know everybody's got like weird sleeping quirks or whatever but like I could never sleep with just a sheet oh, like no. that's not happening. I sleep under a duvet so so I said I was like oh well we sleep on a duvet under a duvet year round uh-huh. I said um I said because we keep it cold at night right and she was like oh we keep ours at 75 every night I want you to know that's that is horrifying that is <laughs> I have stunned you. 75 And so, degrees. like, ours is set to 73 at night. Okay. But in our apartment, that's cold. Yes. That's not actually 73. It's probably closer to 70. I was about to say, we bump our... And we live in a small house. Uh-huh. So I understand that there are financial... Like, Absolutely. I get it. Everybody has to do what's great for their family. Our utilities are not expensive. But ours are reasonable as well. And we bump ours down in the evenings to 72. Mm-hmm. Uh, then... Throughout the night, like right before bed, we bump it down to 71. Yeah. Y'all, 75 degrees? I, I saw that message and I wrote her back and I was like, well, you're a saint. Because that's <laughs> insane. Like, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sleep. No. Also, 
the research this is how I got oh, Jordan yeah. Jones on board he read a book about sleep mm-hmm. I have been saying this forever because I prefer cold you but then cover you should be covered. in a cold space and get warm with yes. covers yes that's what I that's how I've always slept same so Jordan finally got on board after reading this book about sleep that like was a game changer for him and so he agrees because statistically you sleep better oh yeah 75 degrees. Uh, when I was in college and we didn't have to pay utilities in our dorm, okay. my roommates and I always kept on 65. Holy cow, that's it so was cold. incredible. But I bet it was nice. It was also a window unit, and so uh-huh. it probably wasn't actually 65. Yes. Um, but it felt great. Oh, when I go to hotel rooms, that's the first thing I do. Bump that down. All I also down. like air circulating in a room. Mm-hmm. I do not like, Jordan teases me, I do not like stagnant air. Oh, no. Like, I need it to be flowing, and we don't have ceiling fans in our house. I'm actually very particular about air conditioning, which yeah. shouldn't surprise anybody. No. I hate air blowing on me. Okay. But I want it to be moving. Okay. And so in a car is the worst because there's yes. no way to get there's it completely off go. of you. Yeah. Um, so I hate being in cars for that reason. <laughs> Okay, sorry, that was just an aside. I think that was a very good aside. <laughs> That's why people listen to the show. Um, but anyway, if you have not yet picked up The Dearly Beloved, and maybe you are like me and a little adverse to the hype, and you're like, eye rolly, whatever, I understand. But if you're going to read it, I think fall is the time to do Pick that. Pick it up, bump your air down, <laughs> get under a king-size duvet, shoved into a queen-size duvet cover. And you'll, you'll thank me, I promise. Uh, okay, the next title I wanted to mention is Unsheltered. Oh yeah, the Barbara King song. Yeah, this came out last year and Mm -hmm. I had people, and look, that's just how this book is. I had customers report back that they really enjoyed it. I had several customers report back that they didn't finish it or that they hated it. Um, Look, that's fine. Uh You're entitled to your opinion. I really liked this book. Again, I liked how quiet it was. I liked that it went back and forth between kind of present day, kind of really 20, I want to say 2015, 2016, um, to the late 1800s, like the turn of the century, um, I wound up, to me, and this is so opposite of, of me in general, those were some of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. I really liked those that time period, and I liked um, reading about the characters of that time period. It's all revolving around this kind of dilapidated old house. Um, to me... Strangers and Cousins, which mm-hmm. I read earlier this year, is solidly a summer novel. Right. I would not want to read that in the fall. It doesn't right. fit... I think Unsheltered fits with the fall. Um, It's dysfunctional family, um, but also a lot about how we as people cope with changing times and eras. And there's a lot of really interesting relationship um, between, in the present day, between like a millennial and a baby boomer, Mm -hmm. or a millennial and a member of the um, greatest generation. Um, And then also seeing that there is nothing new under the sun right? and that at the turn of the century they were facing these same kinds of cultural crises. Anyway, I really liked it. And part of that is just how we we write historical fiction because we write it from our present perspective. And so we can always read our own problems into the past. Um, This is something I study. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, So so yeah. I liked it a lot. I know, again, that it won't be for everybody. I've already heard plenty of feedback in that realm. But if you like... um, quiet or lit and I'm realizing that's the theme I feel like I've said that a bajillion times somebody could probably play that's a drinking the fall. game but that's what the fall is to right. me that's, that's what I want and out of my books things are slowing down yeah um, okay 
Another one I wanted to mention is Ask Again Yes. Okay. If for some reason this one missed you this summer, then I think this can. Now, it is more bombastic. It is more climactic. Um, I said it was, I love it in comparison or in partnership with Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. um, if you liked Commonwealth, then you'll love Ask Again Yes. Ask Again Yes is maybe more, um, has more propulsion mm -hmm. than Commonwealth did. I loved both. Um, so actually I think Commonwealth will be a great fall pick. Uh, and so would ask again. Yes. It's that dysfunctional family where there's this inciting incident and we get to watch how these two families kind of function in and around each other revolving around this moment. Right. I really liked it. Um, I keep saying, but I really, it would be in my top 10. I, I'm already kind of formulating that Hunter does that all year long and he's so good at it. I feel like throughout the year I'm like, this would be in my top 10, but I only say that if I really love it. Right. Um, and Ask Again, Yes, I really loved. Um, okay, and then the two books that are coming out this fall that I think that I will probably be talking a lot about next week. Uh -huh. The first is The Dutch House. Right. So this is the new Anne Patchett. Did you see no. that the audiobook is narrated by Tom Hanks? Did we talk about this? No. Right? Lucy is listening to it right now, and she said jury's still out for her just because it feels like... Tom Hanks is reading. Ah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. <laughs> so, she, so she was like, jury's still out on the audiobook, but I'm very tempted because I loved this book enough right. where I wouldn't mind listening to it. I don't know that I could reread it already. Um, I wish I could read it again for the first time. That's how much I really liked it. Mm. Um, I think you would like it. Yeah. Uh, Lucy commented that one of the reasons it probably really resonated with me, you know how you are always on the lookout for mother sunlit? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I love adult siblings. It's why I right. loved family of origin. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are not a ton of books about a brother sister relationship where the sister is older. Yeah, you're right. Like a lot of lit is about, you know, older brothers, mm -hmm. big brothers, right. um, or sisters. Like, and they're, goodness right. knows there's a lot of fodder there. But not a lot of older sister novels. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And I had not thought about that, but Lucy was like, I bet one of the reasons this really resonated with you is it is an older sister and a younger brother mm -hmm. and the care she kind of provides mm -hmm. for him. And for sure, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you for psychoanalyzing me. That is why, <laughs> <laughs> that is why I like this book. Um, so Maeve is... Maeve is the sister, and Danny, I believe it's Danny, is the brother. Danny is the narrator, hence Tom mm -hmm, Hanks right. um, narrating the audiobook. Um, and much like Unsheltered, so if you read Unsheltered this fall, you could immediately pair it with The Dutch House. Um, but much like Unsheltered, it revolves around this beautiful big home. Right. In, in Unsheltered, it's kind of falling apart and dilapidated. In The Dutch House, it's still kind of this feet of architecture. Mm -hmm. The descriptions Ann Patchett provides took me back to the backless title Loving Frank. Oh yeah. Um, just in how she talked about the house and, and the architecture. Yes. Yeah. And the house is kind of a character of its own. Um, but Maeve and Danny kind of grew up there. Their mother leaves and you kind of don't know what has happened to the mother. Um, but the father raises the children and then quickly, pretty quickly remarries and typical, stereotypical stepmother antics ensue and next thing you know Maeve and Danny no longer are really allowed access to the Dutch house mm. and that moment that decision kind of changes the trajectory of their lives right. I fell in love with these people so much uh, one of our customers and I know I've said this before talks about how with a good book she sometimes misses people mm -hmm. like she misses those characters right. I missed these people mm -hmm. when I was finished um, it comes out I think t on Tuesday 
Like, it's yeah, coming out yeah, soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like we've been waiting for it forever. Yeah, but um, no, now it's here. It's here. It's so good. So worth the hype. Um, because it has gotten a lot of hype. I feel like when I was Googling for, like, most anticipated fall titles, it's at the top of a lot of lists, but but for good reason. Yeah. Okay, the next one I wanted to mention that I'll be mentioning next week is called Wild Game. Mm-hmm. I do have, like, a slight little bone to pick with Book of the Month Club. I do not understand. This is just a bookseller pet peeve. Sure. This book does not come out until October 15th. Mm-hmm. It was a September Book of the Month Club book. What's up? Yes. I don't know. Like, and we pay so close attention to that. Did they ship it in September? Yes. Huh. Yes. They shipped it. And I looked to see if maybe the publisher had changed the release date based on Book of the Month already sending it mm-hmm. out. But no. I, on sort of tangentially related of just booksellers doing weird things, I saw somebody selling the arc of my December shelf subscription pick last week, selling it for money. Oh. Which is a thing you're not supposed to do. No, and I that know it this. it says on the cover of the ARC, yeah. like, do not sell. Yeah. <laughs> not I, for sale. Oh, I know this because I somebody I follow on Instagram was doing a book sale. Um, this was years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. Well, half my books are ARCs. Right. And I was just, I just like took a picture of Big Stack and I was like, I'll Here sell these go. for like $2 a piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe $5. I don't remember. But somebody very pointedly let me know that mm-hmm. like hey you can't sell those arcs and I was like oh my bad and then well I, and the thing is a person can right a business cannot right <laughs> well and then I was I, I deleted the whole thing and took those books to a little free library yeah. I was like forget That's it fine. this is not worth the hassle for me other right. people can do book sales and good for them I I don't really have the personality for a that. A person can do whatever they want right. <laughs> a business cannot That's, <laughs> That's interesting selling the arc yeah and so, like, I won't say what it was, but, yes. like, it was this author's first book from a couple years ago and the second book sold as a bundle, except it's clearly the arc that says, like, not for sale. Yeah. Advanced reader's copy. That's bizarre. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, uh, well, I just would like to say, as a bookseller, sometimes some of this stuff is really hard to keep up with. So, totally. Book of the Month Club. This is a very big independent bookstore. Fascinating. <laughs> you and I are going to have to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we will. Um, but Book of the Month Club has always kind of been tricky because so many people who subscribe to shelf subscriptions also subscribe to Book of the Month Club. Mm-hmm. And so we try really hard, um, but... Um, we're humans. Right. And so we sometimes miss one. We've even started putting it on the forum. Like, are you a book of the month club member? That being said, we can't always predict what you pick or right. then we get people frustrated that we like preemptively send them a different book. And they're like, but I didn't pick it for book of the month club. Cause I thought you were sending it. And it gets to be <laughs> a bit of a mess. And we are still shelf subscriptions have grown so fast yeah. that we're trying to figure out like, what can we, right. what can we accommodate for a customer? Like what can we provide? And what do we have to just say? This is what it so is. Sorry. This is what it is. We're figuring it out. In the meantime though, I read this book called wild game, which I really liked. And I was not going to pick it for a shelf subscription. I just find it interesting that when I went to look for the release date, it's October 15th everywhere. Uh-huh. Publisher, publisher's website, wholesaler website, Amazon, whatever. But I, but book of the month, I've seen it on people's feeds. I don't understand that at all. Right? Yeah. Well, and I have started to realize, I think book of the month club does print their own books or get somebody to print them because they have it on the binding. Really? Like it's not just on the um, huh. dust jacket. So anyway, I have a lot of questions. That's super interesting. And I, I, I admittedly know very little about Book of the Month Club. I'm telling you all I know. So okay. obviously I also do not know very much. But I just wanted to say Wild Game is a really good book. It's a memoir to me in the vein. I think a lot of people will compare it to The Glass Castle. Okay. That is not... 
maybe where the comparison I would give. My closest comp would be Inheritance by Danny Shapiro. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's a mother, it's a mother daughter book um, about this woman. It's a memoir about this woman who, when she was fourteen, her mom had a um, had an affair with the her husband's best friend, and they proceeded to have this affair for like decades. And one of the only people initially privy to the affair and to the relationship was the author of this book, who at the time was 14 years old. That's healthy. Yes, so healthy. So this book is a lot about complicated slash unhealthy slash codependent mother-daughter relationships. Um, I found it to be fascinating. I thought about you and Kelsey a lot because I know, and she's justified in this hatred, I know Kelsey hates the phrase, this reads like fiction. Uh This is such good nonfiction, it reads like fiction. What I mean when I say that is like, it's so unbelievable. You think it can't possibly... Which is, which is a different thing that Kelsey <laughs> yes. gets mad about. Yes. Like, this couldn't possibly have happened. Right. But I thought of Kelsey because yeah. I was like, I mean it in that this is so unbelievable that this feels not real. Yeah. Um, but, but I believe that it is because truth is often weirder than fiction. Yep. And I think families are a mess. And so I loved this book. I thought the writing was really good. It's like Inheritance meets Save Me the Plums because the narrator, the the um, the author's mother, um, who's at the heart of the book, is a food writer. And so okay. you do get some sure. really good yeah. food writing because it talks about like what she did in her kitchen and like how how she showed her love through food. So anyway, I adored this book. If you were fortunate enough to go ahead and get it for Book of the Month Club, good job on you. Uh, if you weren't or you aren't a book of the month member this will come out october 15th and i think it's well worth your time and would make a great book club book that sounds great yeah really good so there's a couple previews in addition to some of our uh fall favorites new fall favorites yeah um that's all i have to say about that that's all i also have to say (laughs) well then i guess that will be how we segue into this (laughs) outro music okay is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com or follow them in their current iteration as The Rally Club. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and get access to exclusive bonus content, you can find us at patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check us out at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, where we have web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. Um, we're back on our story time train, like meaning story time for the local preschool uh-huh. is back. So we were reading this book where they use the phrase, um, piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Like it's a piece of cake. And so I was 
telling him, I was like, what, is, what do you think that means? And of course, she, one little girl was like, yum, cake. And then another little boy was like, it means it's my birthday. And I was like, that's, you're right. That is what it means. But it also means super easy. So, and then I was like explaining to them, like, next time you do something super easy, you can tell your mom or dad, that like, was that was cake. a piece of cake. And so, like, then as they were, like, leaving, that you could hear them, like, telling each other, that's a piece of cake. It was very cute. <laughs> it was very cute. I love that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.